This is the Life Church Podcast. To you veterans, thank you so much for your service. Um, my, my father was a veteran. Uh, my, my father was in the, in the Army for 24 years, 23 and a half years. And, uh, and so I, I saw it firsthand raised. I was raised in military bases and that kind of stuff. And uh, so we, we skipped the generation. I didn't serve. My, my, none of my brothers served. But now my daughter's in the Air Force. And so, so we're back in this full circle and just being reminded of the honor of what it's like to say to yourself, I'm willing to even give my life for the safety and security of those around me. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just amazing. So thank you guys for, for your service. You're, you're fantastic. Well, I just have a few minutes to speak this morning, and I just want to ask you a question. Do you like who you are? This is called the pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah. Do you like who you are? We, we rarely ask ourselves that question because the truth is, is if we are honest with ourselves, sometimes we don't really like the answer, and so we don't... We deflect. We, we don't think about that question. We, we prefer to actually to look ourselves in the mirror and say, do I like how I look? And maybe we can work on that. We can fix the exterior. We can work on the outside and make it look better so that we can answer that affirmatively. Yes, I like how I look. But that's not the question. The question is, do you like who you are or do you like who you are becoming? So just hold that thought for a second. I'm going to kind of go back in history a little bit. How many of you remember uh, like DOS commands? A few of you remember DOS commands, right? That's early beginnings of computer programming and stuff, you know, and computer, uh, personal computers. I know I had a, a computer in the, in the mid-1980s and uh, my first computer, it was uh, an Asus AT, A-S-U-S-A-T computer. Um, in fact, it kind of looked like this. This is not this. I took this off the internet, but that's what it looked like. It's almost identical to the computer I had in my little church office in Leesville, Louisiana. I was the only, I was like the tech guru at my church. I was the only person that had a computer in their office in 1987. So it was. Uh, it looked like that. You know, and I remember, you know, the guy that was helping me buy it, by the way, it was incredibly expensive for the day. It was like $2,000 in the 1980s. That's a lot of money. And, uh, but I remember the guy that was helping me buy it. We had this magazine called Computer Shopper. Anybody remember Computer Shopper? Big fat magazine. You kind of piece things together and, you know, make your computers out of it. You know, this guy had this magazine and he put this computer together. He found the place that, you know, put it all together. And he asked, and, and, and I, I noticed on the ad that there was an option between a 20 megabyte and a 30 megabyte hard drive. Now, you heard me right. I didn't say gigabyte. I said megabyte hard drive. That was the option between 20. It was an $800 upcharge <laughs> to go to the 30 megabyte hard drive. And so, <laughs> and so this guy was talking to me. He's like, I say, you know, because I'm like the tool guy. You know, I, I have to have the best, the baddest, you know, whatever. And so I wanted a 30 megabyte. He says, he, these are exactly his words. Pastor, you'll never, ever need that much mem- uh, hard drive space. 
<laughs> I got a phone that has 64 gigs and it's almost out of, out of space, you know? And so this, this computer, it, was, it had a whopping 512K memory, you know? He was like selling it, man, it's super fast. It's amazing how great it is, you know? It had not one, it had two five and a quarter floppy disk drives. Man, I was, I was cruising. I, I, had, I had the latest technology, you know? Anyways, I, ha- I don't know why I'm talking about that, but, but there, there's this DOS key command that you could do, you know, back then when, when you were using, this is kind of pre-Windows, that if you wanted to, like if you were playing Pong, anybody played Pong with those old computers? <laughs> like if you're playing Pong with it, you know, and it froze up, you would press what? Control-Alt-Delete, right? And what would happen? It just like, it just all magically restart and there you go you can start all over again you know control alt delete and you can restart your computer well i wonder as i think about this i wonder how many of us wish we had a control alt delete key for our life maybe even this morning you wish you could just press control alt delete and sort of restart this day and avoid that argument you had on your way to church Or maybe, or maybe it's a little bit more serious than that. Maybe you wish you could press Control-Alt-Delete and restart the last 15 years of your life because after the divorce, things have just gone really bad. If we could just reset, if we could just start all over again. Throughout the New Testament, there is this common theme where the old life is gone And there's a new life that can be found in Jesus Christ, where what we did in our past doesn't have to define who we are in our future. There's all kinds of passages like this found in the New Testament, especially in the the epistles, in the the letters that, that the apostles wrote. You find it in Ephesians and Romans and Colossians. And here in 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul says this, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. So there's this idea of receiving a new life. What we experience here this morning of somebody being water baptized is symbolic of this new life that has been received. Instead, they will live for Christ. So as they come out of that water, they start living for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, so if you belong to Christ, has become a new person. You are a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's the idea of being a new person. That's the idea, you know, we we talk about coming to church. It's not just a social atmosphere. It's not just something you come here and you just engage with, with a bunch of people that kind of think the same way that you do politically. It's about a new life that has begun in each and every one of us. And I hope and I pray that you are experiencing that new life, that you're living in that new life. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. The Apostle Paul here, he's writing to the Corinthians, particularly to Christians in Corinth, and Corinth was a city much like modern day cities, Uh, it was a city that was pretty self-absorbed, they lived this lavish lifestyle, They, they took pride in their sense of fashion and their unique architecture. It was a city that was all about self-empowerment. If you went to Corinth, you went there because you were a, you were a self-assured person. You were a person looking to, to better yourself, 
to, to get some culture, to get some experience that would make you a better Roman citizen or a better, better citizen in general. It was all about self-empowerment. A lot like us, for, for us today, right? When we want change, when we want a different life, rarely do we want to go to Jesus and seek that, but instead let's go to Oprah's book club, you know, and find the latest book that will help us to develop us better, to make us a better person. But this gospel that Paul is preaching, he comes to Corinth with the gospel, and it's not about self, but it's about a savior. It's not about self, like a self-help message, but instead it's a message that says, you cannot help yourself. It's not about self-empowerment or some kind of power that you have in, innate inside of you, but it's about that you have no power. That the power you have comes from Christ and Christ alone. And change happens not because you are able, but because Christ has done it for you after you have surrendered your life to him. And so Jesus really, in many ways, is kind of like that control-alt-delete button of our life. And some of you here, you've pressed control-alt-delete. And you look at your life and you say, yeah, I remember when that old man there, and here's the new man. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 5. Well, he says in verse 17, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Isn't that what we really want? Isn't that what you long for, for this new life, for this, for this new kind of life? But as Christians, we find ourselves oftentimes struggling. We struggle with, with the old self. We want this new life. We really want to live this new kind of life, but we find that that old self keeps popping up. That old self keeps coming around. That old self keeps presenting himself. And every once in a while, we find ourselves going down that old path. Here's the advice that Paul gives us in Romans. He says, do not, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This passage that Pastor Ken spoke about last week. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word conform in the Greek, it's this idea of a mold, right? And just like a mold, you know, is, it, it, it is meant to hold something together or to conform something to a particular shape. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says, do not, do not allow yourself to be held together or formed into a sh- the shape of this world. Your resistance is needed. You need to resist that. Don't do that, he says. Resist being shaped like the world is essentially what Paul is telling us. And how do we resist? Well, you replace old thoughts with new thoughts. You replace old behaviors with new behaviors. And I know you're hearing me say that. You're like, yeah, Rich, but I tried that. I tried to replace old thoughts with new. I tried to replace old behaviors with new behaviors, but it just seems like I'm struggling with it. It seems like it just keeps coming around and coming around and coming around. I know for me, that's, that was true. When I first became a, a follower of Christ, and I think I might have shared this with you before, I, I used to smoke cigarettes. Don't, don't, don't stone me, but I used to smoke. And, uh, and so, and so I, I had made, I would, you know, I'd, I'd make this, I'm not, I'm not, I'm quitting my, I'm quitting this, I'm not smoking anymore, you know, and then I'd go to work, and then break time would roll around, and Everybody at break in the break room is smoking. You're like, oh man, okay, yeah, I'll try, and I'll go right, go, go right back to it. The whiff of it just made me go right back to it every single time. 
And so resistance was needed. Resistance was needed. How do I resist? Well, I decided that I worked in this, uh, in this downtown building in Arco. It was called Arco Tower at that time, a 70-plus story building. And so what I did is I decided that during break time, instead of going to the break room where everybody else was going, I instead would have a, a, a pack of, 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 of scripture references, in, a, in my, like little index cards, in my pocket, and I would walk up and down, the, you know, get some exercise, walk up and down the 70-story building, and as I was walking up and down the 70-story building, I was reading these scripture references and trying to memorize these scripture references. It was my form of resistance. I was resisting going back to the old nature. I was resisting the old behaviors. I was resisting the old ways, the conformity to the old ways. And so then as time went on, I started noticing that I didn't crave it as much anymore. In fact, when I would get the smell, instead of craving the cigarette, I started, I started quoting scriptures. I mean, I would say things like, we are more than conquerors through Christ who, 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 who loved us. Or he who began a good work in me is going to perform it until, until Jesus returns. I would start quoting these scriptures in my head as I would smell the cigarette smoke. And God was just beginning to change me and conform me into his image more. I've told you about Homeboy Industries. You know, I've, that ministry, I actually did some service with them in, in Southern California. It's a job placement and training services kind of place for, for guys who, and, and, and gr- girls who have lived in the gang life and they're trying to get out of the gang life. And so uh, one of the departments that they have is this laser tattoo removal department where if you're a former gang member, you kind of go there and you, and you want to kind of rehabilitate your life, you want to change your life, you want to get a job, you want to start being a productive citizen in, the, in your world, you go and you start to get these, these tattoos removed. And it's important for them because see, these guys and girls that, that, were, that, are ta- that have all these tattoos, what, the thing is, the tattoos are identifying marks. They're marks that identify them with their old way of life. In fact, in many ways, it was even dangerous for them to do anything but, but stay in their neighborhoods because if they had a tattoo that was for this neighborhood but then they wandered off into that neighborhood, they could actually get killed. They had to be careful what movie theaters they would go to what grocery stores they would shop at. So in, in many ways for them, it was, a, it was a reminder of the old way of life. And so when they, were t- when they would remove these tattoos off their bodies, it was a way of them saying, you're no longer bound by that. You are now free. This is now, now the new you is possible. It was a, a form of resistance in many ways. The old is gone. The old is gone. That word old in the Greek is the word archaeos, which is where we get our English word archaeology. And this is the definition of it. It's something that is buried or hidden or no longer relevant. That's the old. It's hidden, it's buried, it's no longer relevant. So this is what Paul is saying to to us about your old life. That if you're in Christ, the old is gone. The old is gone. It's no longer relevant. It's no longer relevant. Who you are is not who you were. Who you have been does not define who you are becoming. It's no longer relevant, your old way of life. And some of you really need to hear this today. Because you kind of walk around with not tattoos, but certain labels. Loser. Bad dad. Dropout. 
locked up, slept around, addicted. And you feel like you're going to always carry that label everywhere you go, that there's no hope, there's no way of getting rid of that. But you need to understand that Paul's telling us, no, that label is buried. That label is gone. That label is no longer relevant for you if you're in Christ. So when Paul says the old is gone, what he's essentially saying is that you're no longer defined by your past mistakes or failures. When Paul says the old is gone, it's gone. It's dead. It's buried. So if you're a Christian and you're, you're, you're a Christian here today and you're just battling, you're struggling some of the old, you need to understand that it was, it was crucified. It was put to death at the cross. It's no longer relevant for you. And I know that it just keeps popping up. It just keeps coming back. It keeps coming. But you might have to just daily remind yourself, that is no longer me. I am no longer that person. I am no longer walking in those ways. I am no longer going down that pathway. That is no longer me. I like how, anybody ever heard of the Orange County Supertones? Music band? There's a few. Okay, I know. There's a few crazy people that listen to their music. But they have a song. They have a song called In Between. I love how they, I think they really capture the words. It says, it says who I am is in between what I want to be and who I am. Who I am is in between what I want to be and who I am. In other words, where I'm going, I'm on this journey. I'm not going to stay on this journey. I'm going to get to the place that God wants, where God wants me to be. God has designed me. He's, he's created me into his image. I'm no longer that old person. I'm now a new person. So, we are not who we were, but we're still becoming who we are. But if you're here today, and that's if you're a Christian, but if you're here today, you've never really surrendered your life to Christ, it could start today. You don't have to be that old self. You can give your life to Jesus. You can surrender to him. You can basically... Basically, press control, alt, delete. So I think a lot of times we, we walk down this journey and we go down this path so long that we feel like there's just no hope for me, there's no chance, there's no way. But you need to understand that, that Christ really is that reset in your life. That if you'll just give your life over, if you'll just surrender your life to him, he will change your life, he'll give you a new life. The gospels are full of stories like that that illustrate this idea of reset. I mean, it was true of some ordinary... Can you imagine? These guys, there were guys, they were just fishermen. They got up that morning and they went out fishing. And they were just on the lake fishing. And their, their dad fished. And their grandfather was a fisherman. And their great-grandfather was a fisherman. And if things went the way, their children were going to be fishermen. That's what they were doing. And suddenly they encountered Jesus. And here we are 2,000 years later talking about those fishermen. Their lives were changed completely. It's also true of a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Do you know how many women and men were stoned to death in history because of the sin that they committed? And it was her turn that day, but she encountered Jesus, and her life was changed forever. Story after story after story of people who collide with Jesus and then they leave completely changed. And my prayer is that we would be a church full of those kind of stories 
is it Stephanie that was baptized, right? Stephanie is one of those stories. And there's many others. That's your story. That you were going down the old path. Your life was lost and you collided with Christ and now you're a new creature in him. And I'm sure that right now there's probably a young man in this church. You're struggling. You're battling. You're broken. You think that nothing can change. You feel stuck. Maybe there's addictions that you can't seem to shake off. Or there's sins that are bringing about all kinds of shame. You feel hopeless. It's not an accident that you're here this morning. You can press control, alt delete. You can reset your life by simply surrendering your life to Jesus and taking on the new and letting the old go. Maybe there's a couple here. You're just tired. You're just tired. You feel stuck in your marriage. It seems like the argument that you guys have is the same argument we've been having 10, 15 years. And it's just, it's just tiresome. You feel like it's just never going to change. It's the same thing over and over and over. And yet when you collide with Christ, there's a reset that happens. The old goes away and the new comes. Or maybe you're my age and older and you've you're just kind of stuck in your ways you've just done it this way and it's just like this is just the way it's going to be I'll never change I've done it for 50 years this way or I've done it for 60 years this way I will never change and yet there's this collision that can happen with Christ and the old can go away and the new can come in and my prayer is that you would not leave here this morning without making that commitment Remember I started off the service asking you a question. Do you like who you are? Do you like who you're becoming? And if you ask yourself that question, you answer it honestly, and if you honestly say to yourself, no, I'm headed down the wrong path. No, there's choices in my life that I'm making every single day that are actually pulling me away from God instead of pushing me towards God. There are choices that I'm making right now today that are causing my marriage to be under stress and challenge and difficulty. If you say that's you, can I challenge you this morning to press control, alt, delete? I know I'm using figurative language here, but basically the challenge is this. Will you surrender your life to Jesus? Amen. Let's all stand. a lot of spiritual activity that we do as Christians. We pray, we read our Bible, we engage in all kinds of, we fast, we attend church. I've said it over and over again, it's something I feel so strongly about, but probably the most spiritual thing you can do is to make a choice. A choice. That you can be in a place like this where you hear somebody talk about how Jesus can reset your life, how Jesus can actually change your life. And you are thinking about it, you're processing as I'm talking about it, and inside your heart you know that you need Jesus in your life. In your heart you know that you need a reset. In your heart you know that you need to make some changes because your marriage is about to fall apart. The only step left is to make that choice. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I just give it all over to you. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to conclude here in prayer, but our prayer teams will be here on the left and right. If you're here this morning, I'm going to, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to ask you a question. 
and I want to ask you to raise your hand and then from there we're going to invite you to come up for prayer but if everybody would just bow their heads and close their eyes I'd like to ask you a question I asked you do you like who you are and if you say to yourself this morning no I don't like the journey I'm on I don't like where I'm going I don't like the decisions I'm making will you raise your hand What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. And I'm, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. With a sincere and open heart, say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. I surrender every aspect of it to you right now. And so as I'm praying, you just pray that to God. Surrender your life to him. Amen. And then after that, our prayer teams will be here on the left and right. I want to encourage you to come and pray with them as well. All right, let me pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning, God for your goodness and your grace. And Father, today, several people raise their hands and say, yes, I do not like who I am. I don't like who I'm becoming. I'm making choices and decisions that are counterproductive, that are destructive for my marriage, that are destructive for my life. And right now, Jesus, I surrender my heart. I surrender my life. I surrender every aspect of my life to you right now. I turn it over to you, Father. I ask you, I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to reset my life, to wipe away the old and bring on the new. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the Life Church Podcast.